Hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of At The Movies with William Fletcher. As usual, I am your host, William Fletcher, and this week I am joined by a very special guest, my dad. Hello there, this is Shane Fletcher, father of William Fletcher, a long-time listener, first-time caller. It's great to be here, I'm super excited. Yes. So why have I got you here today? Why did I invite you on? Because I'm a huge fan of the show slash movie that we're going to be talking about it. And uh, you, having just watched it all now, I believe, are also a fan. So now we often talk about movies and TV shows when we're not recording the conversation. Mm -hmm, Yeah. So let's do one where we are recording the conversation. Mm -hmm. And we are talking about Firefly and the follow-up movie Serenity. Yes. So you... I think it's fair to say you have had an influence on my on what I watch on yeah. movies and TV shows I watch and some t- and occasionally like things I read because you just tell me hey this is good you should watch it <laughs> yeah I think that's fair that's reasonable most uh, children I think are framed a little bit by what their parents watch and enjoy mm-hmm. uh, and I've been a huge fan of Firefly since it first aired and mm-hmm. the movie Serenity. Mm-hmm. And I've been telling you, I suppose, for a little while, you should watch this. It's really good. And yeah. There you have. And yeah. Now let's talk about it. Yeah. You do this with lots of shows and movies. You tell me, I should really watch this. There and, are uh, quite a few and, on the list, and I'm sure I'll be back to talk about those when we uh, when we get there. Yeah. So you have been following Joss Whedon's career, I guess, since did you watch Buffy when it first came out? Yeah, absolutely. My daughters. I had two daughters at the time. You still Buffy have two daughters. <laughs> I have three now. Have three. Oh, the t- oh, yeah. At the time, yeah, I had two small girls, and I was looking for uh, good role models on television because there was a dearth of good female role models on television. Mm. And at the time, uh, two shows came on that I was super excited about, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Xena Warrior Princess. I mm. thought they were, they'd be great role models for girls. Mm. Um, and so Xena's obviously a different type of show. It's more campy and fun. Mm-hmm. But Buffy had a lot to say about, uh, yeah, character and that sort of thing. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a great show. I was a huge fan and still am. Yeah. Yeah, I because I think, I think you would agree with this, that girls don't have a lot of great role models in films and television back then. I think now society has um, progressed and there's more female main characters and stuff now. Indeed. Things were, things have come a long way in like 20, not even 20 years. Exactly. Exactly. Like I kind of think of good female, female role models in movies. And all I can think of is Ripley in alien and Mm. uh, and the sequels. Yeah. Um, and yeah, television also sparsely populated by good female characters. I think. Mm. I th- I think, and so you. So I guess because you know, you must know some of the history of Firefly, where he came up with the idea, and what he knows. Because you, because Joss Whedon always likes to sort of when he creates his work, he likes to sort of flip things around. Like Buffy is very much an inverse of sort of what you assume would happen. The Blonde girl is usually the first one who gets killed, and instead you rotate that, and she is the main character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting. Uh, like I saw the movie, I guess, also of Buffy the Vampire Slayer before the TV show, <laughs> which is not as good, but it was still an interesting, interesting take um, on yeah, flipping what's expected. It's a good storytelling device. Um, 
And especially at the time when there's obviously a lot of cliches that you could work on and work against. Mm-hmm. Now there is a lot of good TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so it's with the streaming services and things like that, there's a lot more content out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he did well. Uh, he made a made a, a good choice, I think. What an interesting movie that then became, yeah, a very interesting TV show. Mm-hmm. Which he grounded, and he's good at world building. Is the other good thing about Joss Whedon. He mm-hmm. yeah, popularly created Sunnydale and uh, the high school especially, and in you know, messed it with characters that were interesting to watch, and you and you wanted to know what happened to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, each season had a great arc. I think some better than others, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, the world building is something that and the law of the of the shows that he's created. Um, he, yeah, it does a good story in creating hmm. creating those places. Yeah. Um, so Firefly was very short-lived as a TV series. It, it only ran for 14 episodes, right? It was. That is correct. Yeah. I don't, I'm not even sure if all of them aired. Um, I think they might have. Like, they just had them made, so they, they, they published them, uh, broadcast them, I mean. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it was... I mean, it's lived on again through the movie, and then yeah, there's a, a large series of comics, and there's uh, the series coming out, I think, monthly now by Boom Studios. So there's still lots of good content in mm. that universe being being created. Yeah, and then there's you know rumors every now and again of them doing a reboot of the series or possibly like another season if they wanted to. And I don't think I don't think they should reboot it because I think they, you shouldn't do that with you know, a show that is as beloved as Firefly is or with Buffy, for example. But I think if they, I don't think they should, I don't really know like about doing a second season. Cause I think it's too much time has passed since season one came out and sort of how everything is now with what we know about Joss Whedon as a, I don't think they would want to, um, you know, you um, like, make another season especially because i don't think many people would want to work with him yeah there's it turns out joss Whedon is not as nice a person as you would have thought mm. um with a character that was so fond of strong female characters but you know i guess that's what happens eventually everybody you look mm. up to will disappoint you in some way or mm. another yeah um and i think you're right i don't think they should i don't think they'll make a second season with the same characters i think they're living on well in the comic books um mm. but perhaps they could revisit the universe with a with a whole new set of characters i think that's what the rumor is with the new buffy tv show yeah a whole new set of characters yeah it's not like with buffy it's, a reboot it's a, with it's the same new, characters recast it's a new slide it's a new sort of thing which is you know maybe something they do but with a show that's you know, only had 14 episodes in the movie. I don't know if there is. It's a cult classic, obviously. There's a lot of a lot mm. of people love it, but I don't know if there's enough to to um, warrant. You know, cr- the expense of creating a new new series, new, new TV show. Mm. So I guess so. You saw Firefly when it was coming out. Like... Yeah, um, it was uh, before. Well, long before internet streaming and before the internet gave you good access to downloading and stuff like that. I had a friend uh, that I was watching Buffy and Angel with um, who was in the States and he was watching them live and he was uh, nice enough a person to actually make me videotape copies. This was back when videotape was the cutting edge <laughs> technology um, and sending them to me. He'd like tape a few episodes and then, then post a tape over to me. 
so I could watch them before they aired here because there's obviously a delay between when a show airs in the States and when, when it airs in Australia. So, yeah, he was um, sending me tapes of the show. And, yeah, he did Buffy and Angel when it split off to its own show and mm -hmm. then Firefly uh, when it came along. So I got to see them before mm. the rest of Australia, I guess. Yeah. Because that's different now. Shows sort of air here closer to like an American. Well, this is, a lot of it's on streaming now, so it all airs on like the same day. So everyone watches it, you know, on the same day. And like cable television isn't as popular anymore because of the yeah, end of yeah, streaming. Absolutely. There is, you know, like Game of Thrones is a sort of a. A worldwide event when a new episode came out, it was watched all over the world at the same time, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, Jack Snyder's director's cut, as an example, that's coming to mind. It was released worldwide at the same time on uh, HBO and the various uh, different versions of it in the different countries around the world. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it was a different time when Firefly, Firefly was <laughs> being worn. Yeah. So, I guess, sort of, what are so what are your like overall like what did you well because i think you were telling me this about off when we weren't recording about how the trailers for firefly portrayed a very different show yeah than uh, it actually is which yeah. i haven't seen i i meant to for this but i wasn't able to but yeah but like i said a friend of mine was sending the tapes over so i had I'd never seen the trailers mm. i didn't know anything about the show beyond that it was by Joss Whedon, and I liked his work. Uh, and it was uh, Space Cowboys, essentially, which you know mm -hmm. just sounds like a lot of fun, and mm -hmm. it was. So I had no preconceived notions mm -hmm. uh, of what it was going to be like. But yeah, the trailers, after the fact, the trailers that they, uh, when I saw them, they did not represent the show very well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the reason that it didn't do well. Mm -hmm. um, the first... The pilot episode was not one we saw, or we didn't see it in order. Um, the first episode we saw was the train job, which, yeah, it feels like an odd episode. I don't know if we want to start talking about specifics about episodes now, but yeah, mm -hmm. it's different. It has a different sort of feel to the other episodes um, because it it was sort of like a second pilot. They knew it was going to air first, so they had to introduce all the characters again in that episode, and they wanted it to be more, you know, action and try and get people watching. It starts with a bar fight, which is seems really out of place in that show. Mm -hmm. uh, having, uh, you know, after you've watched the whole season. Um, but yeah, so anyway, it was a fun, fun sort of introduction, but it was a lot, much lighter than, uh, you know, the depth that you usually expect from a, mm -hmm. from a Joss Whedon show. And then as the, the other episodes came out, you could really see that, you know, the character building mm -hmm. that he's uh, well known for. Yeah. So uh, I don't really know how to, because I don't really do TV shows on here. So, like, is there, like, a specific thing you want to talk about? Like, not just, like, in the show, like, specific, like, characters, or do you want to talk about, like, the production side of it? Like, what do you want to talk about? Because you know more about this show than I do. And Sure, more. sure. Um, anything. I think it's a great, uh, great premise for a show. You know, there's a super smart girl that gets kidnapped by, you know, a government organization, mm -hmm. in, in quotes. Um, that are doing things to her, her brother rescues her and on the way out they get caught up with this you know these other characters on this mm -hmm. ship that all have their own interesting backstories mm -hmm. and that's season one sort of on its way the the alliance are trying to find river 
and um, mm-hmm. they're trying to stop them from doing that essentially. So yeah, um, yeah, it was a great, great season. It's mm-hmm. disappointing that there wasn't more of it, yeah. but yeah, it, it goes along really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, it gets tied up well in the movie. And mm-hmm. I, but I think that all would have been like season one. And then season two would have been something new and different and, and much more exciting. And we just never got to see that. Mm. So I, th- I think we, mm. so, because I don't know how many people listening to this will have seen it. So I guess we'll preempt spoilers. And oh stuff yeah. We, we, we recommend you watch the show. It's uh, on Disney plus. plus? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Because yeah. they, yeah, they just bought Fox. So yeah. the 14 episodes are on Disney plus they're in the right order that you should watch them. So episode one is the 90-minute pilot. And then, yeah, watch them through in that order. And then track down the movie Serenity to see how it all wraps up. Yeah. So, like, mm. there's just there's a lot to talk about with this. Because even for a very limited show, for a very small show, it packs so much into every episode that there's considerable amounts to talk about. Like, so do you want to start since you're the guest? Do you want to talk about something? Sure, yeah. I don't know. Do you want to keep it, try and keep it spoiler-free? That's going to make it a bit tricky, I think. Well, I mean, if you're going to talk about spoilers, just say that it's spoilers. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a great first pilot where you get introduced mm-hmm. to Mel. He's in the war. He's a soldier. He's fighting. And he's just about, essentially, to lose. His side loses uh, at this battle. You see it happen. Mm. and he does not take it well. Uh, he is very anti-government uh, mm. after that point, um, and he's trying to, you know, not fight fight them because you can't fight them, but, yeah, just do what he can to be subversive, I guess. Mm. Stick um, it to them. Yeah, yeah, try and yeah, do what he can. He's a, yeah, he's a criminal. He's a smuggler sort of thing with your ship, just doing jobs yeah. to get by, um, and... Yeah, I guess he's sort of a libertarian at that point. He's trying to, you know, live without the rules and just do what he needs to to uh, to survive and keep his uh, his little family that he has on his ship mm-hmm. um, uh, alive and going. Yeah, so I guess this is a good time to talk about the characters because we series is primarily the nine characters on the Serenity ship, which is you know the name of the ship, and it's a Firefly class ship, and yeah. the name of the show. And so mostly there's the nine on this ship, but there's also sort of some recurring characters that we meet at various different points. There's lots of, aren't... yeah, guest stars that come in. There's a lot of fun. Mm. Um, yeah, in his in Joss Whedon's first two shows, he had Buffy and then he had Angel, and he was very much wanted to not name this show after a character. So he named it after his ship, mm-hmm. just so that, you know, any of these people could leave at any time or die. You know, he's a fan of killing off his characters mm-hmm. as well. So he wanted yeah. to have that thing of um, making that, yeah, the stories about the ship and the people that are on it, which, you know, they can yeah. come and go and change, uh, which they possibly would have done after, you know, season one. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, there are nine characters which all come together in uh, in the pilot episode. Um, I guess... What six of them are on the ship, um, and then three join. Yeah, um, on that pilot episode as sort of passengers, and they just sort of stay on uh, through the course of that mm-hmm. course of season one. Yeah, and going back to the naming because he, he also created Dollhouse, 
which is i think from what you explained is basically people who become who play different parts that become like different um yeah the story just to go off on a quick tangent um joss whedon was having lunch with um eliza dushku one day and just talking about projects and things they might do Mm. and she just Eliza was talking about being an actress and how she just takes on all these roles and Joss Whedon sort of took that and said, I've got an idea about a place mm-hmm. where, yeah, that's exactly what happens. You're a, you're a character that lives in there and you get imprinted with a personality and you you play that part and they come back and they erase it and they, they give you a new one for the next job. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's a, another fun show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when we... So on the ship at the start of the show, there's Mal... Nathan Fillion's character. We've got Zoe, Wash, Jane, and Kaylee, and yeah, Inara. And Inara, Inara yeah. is on the ship as well. So, like, do you just want to go through, talk about each character? Or sure, sure. Know? So, Zoe. I mean, Mel is the captain. He, like we just said, he he's the captain of the ship, and he wanted to, uh, you know, live his life outside of Alliance reign. I guess. Mm. Um, Zoe fought with him in the war, so she stays with him as sort of second in command. Um, he needs a pilot, so that's Wash. Um, they they uh, sign him up. Uh, he joins the crew. I mean, you, there was an episode of um, where you see them all join. They're all there at the mm. start of the show, but there is an episode where you see them all become part of the family, I guess. Yeah. Of Mel's family. Um yeah, he has a mechanic who is not so great at looking after his ship, and Kaylee <laughs> uh, comes on board, and she is just much better at it, and she gets the job. Uh, Jane is the muscle, um, who, yeah, he's... Well, I don't really know much about his background. I don't really talk about it, but, yeah, he's just a big guy that likes shooting guns, so, yeah, mm. you need one of those if you're going to be a smuggler. Um, and Inara is... Um, a what's the term they use companion companion yes um so she's sort of she's um she adds um what's the word they use legitimacy yeah to to them so that they can get to places uh because she's yeah she has access to things she's you know trained on the on the um core worlds of the system and Mm -hmm. yeah she can get them to places where they sometimes need to go And, uh, yeah, those are the main six. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so the pilot is sort of, it, it, it opens, it doesn't take a lot of time. It, like the, the opening of the episode is the war and um, Mal and Zoe in this war. And then it sort of skips ahead a few years or so. Yeah, where Mal is captain of the ship and he yeah. has his crew and they're, they're doing the jobs. And- and there's not a lot of time it spends sort of establishing well it establishes the universe but it sort of feels it just sort of begins yeah and it doesn't because unlike because like buffy or other whedon shows take time to set up all the characters set up the story set up all of this and they don't do that with Firefly. no that's true of... they just jump straight in and away they go and um you sort of learn more about the characters, you know, sort of teased out slowly over time. Mm. Um, and then they do have an episode, yeah, in the middle of the season, which, yeah, reveals where they all came from. Mm. Um, that Of the, the six main characters, the three who join, you sort of learn about as they join because they're, mm. they're, um, they're new and they're new to the crew, so they need to tell their story and where they came from. So the audience yeah. sort of learns about them as the crew does. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's a shepherd book who's just looking for, he's just leaving um, the Abbey where he's lived for a while. He's just looking to get out in the universe. Yeah. Um, there is Simon Tam who's just looking for passage to get to a certain place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point it, it becomes obvious that the Alliance is chasing him. Uh-huh. Um, and they discover that he has been smuggling his sister River, who's been in suspended animation, um, you know, in the luggage, let's say. Yeah. Um, and yeah, those nine characters are the main characters uh, that travel through the rest of the season. Yeah, and the the show also has another character who's only in the first episode because it's revealed that they are a bad guy, essentially. Yeah, the, on the ship, you mean Dobton? Yeah. On the yeah, they. Yeah. He joins the he's yeah joins passage at the same time, but he's working for the alliance and he's trying to track down. I don't know if he's trying to track down River or if he just stumbles across it and he's just going to turn her in for the money. But yeah, yeah, he is short lived. Let's say yeah. Uh, so do you just want to? So I, I know we talked about this before I'd finished watching it yeah, mm. about favorite characters and everything, and I think there's no bad characters like in a show like this. There's always a warrior. You know, some of the characters are less interesting or la- or not as good, and they are not as well written. And I would argue that Jane is like the least conflicted or least interesting. Not to say that he's bad because everyone else has got so much more, has got a lot of depth to them mm. that he, by comparison, feels a lot more um like he is very singularly focused. Let's say he's just there to yeah shoot guns and make money. Um, beat up people that's his driving force um and it's fine he's uh, like i say uh i'm not, not going to say one dimensional but he's very not as well rounded as the other characters yeah but that's okay to have him because uh yeah he's there, he's there for a bit of comic relief but he's also there if he's just motivated by money you know is it possible you know how much money would it take for him to double cross you know the people that he's with so he's sort of unnecessarily a threat but yeah, he's just someone there that's keeping things interesting. Um, he always votes for the path of least resistance. If that means getting rid of some of these people on the crew, well, that's fine. Let's just get rid of them and, and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, or if there's money to be made by turning in Simon and River, well, let's do that. And and you yeah. Know. Um, so there's a bit of he's there for conflict as well. There's a bit of conflict between him and Mal as Mal asserts his authority and keeps him in line. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is true that most of the other characters have a lot more going on mm-hmm. um and yeah you want to talk about that for a bit like mm-hmm. mel sort of mel sort of um he seems simple because he's just you know anti-alliance and he wants the freedom to do what he wants mm-hmm. but he uh yeah he also he's sort of lost because he, you know he loses the war and he sort of loses part of himself yeah he's he doesn't can't doesn't know what his place in the world is, which is why he becomes captain of his own ship, so he can assert his own rules. And this is how you know this is how things work. Uh, he's military, obviously, so he has a bit of that. He was a sergeant, I think, in the army, and mm-hmm. yeah, he knows that you know authority in the chain of command and listening, following orders, and giving orders if you to the people that work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's yeah, it's not as much. Yeah, he's he's interesting, but his char- I don't think his character evolves very much over the mm. course of the show. We only had one season, of course, so it's not a lot of learning and growing. Yeah. 
Um, and you sort of see as well sort of um, how, you know, sort of his opinions on certain things and how he sort of treats certain characters, how he sort of treats, you know, how, you know, the difference in, what, in how he treats Simon versus Kaylee or something. Yeah, exactly right. Because he sort of very much, he can be a bit harsh at times, and he's not very, like, he, he makes his, if he has a problem with someone, he makes it known. Yeah, yeah, he is certainly going to speak his mind, but he and he certainly has a code he lives by. He lives by a code, he's not going to break that code, mm-hmm. um, and... So, yeah, I guess part of it is finding out exactly what his code is. That's part of the the journey of of Mel. Yeah, and then so then you've got Zoe, who's also not as well. I think in the film, which we'll get to a little bit later on, there's a little bit more to her that they sort of give to her character. But in the show, there isn't a lot. But again, it it is a one-season TV show, so you can't... You know, you can't give... tell everybody's story in in one in well fourteen episodes is all they yeah. have, uh, and with nine characters, that's you know an episode each, which isn't a lot to yeah, as well as trying to drive the season forward. But yeah, Zoe doesn't have she is yeah she's you know Mel has been a commanding officer for the longest time I guess during the war then on this ship, mm. uh, and she is but she's also she's married to the pilot Wash. And mm. so there's a interesting drama and conflict in there about, you know, she listening to the captain and she's listening to her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and they play on that a little bit, which is mm-hmm. makes for some fun dynamics as well. Uh, so I, th- I also think it's a service because then there's Wash, who I think a lot of people like and would put as their favorite character because he's, you know, got the one line and he's got, you know, the really funny dialogue. Yeah. I think that plays off of Zoe well because she's a lot more serious than he is. He sort of has more fun with things than she does, it seems, in some of their interactions. Yeah, yeah, know. Zoe is very no-nonsense, and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Wash is constantly having a good time and trying to, yeah, bring the fun. Yeah. He, yeah, he he's, does have a lot of the good good dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, in the opening episode, he's playing with dinosaurs, you know, which sort of establishes his character. Indeed. Indeed, and and create some memes that are out there on the internet. Yeah, and then you, and then you know, and as you watch the series and you watch the movies, you still got the dinosaurs there. Yes, because I was watching the movie yesterday. I was like, oh, he's, there's the dinosaurs from the very first episode, presumably because he likes them, and then you know things that he owns. Yeah. So. Yeah, I and I and I just wonder how much of that is just is like written dialogue for him, and how much of that is Alan Tudyk. Yeah, that's fair enough. Improvisation. Because he's very good at that. If yeah, you watch him in interviews and stuff, he's very—he's a funny guy, a very naturally funny person who could make up this dialogue if he wanted to. Yeah, I—it's I, been a little while since I listened to the audio commentaries, but I—I I can't remember them saying anything about how much was scripted or how much was, um, you know, ad libbed on the spot. Um, but yeah, it, you can certainly see how some of it could have been. Uh, just spontaneous in the moment comedy. Yeah, and, and that is and that for movies and TVs can be some of the best lines can just be things that have just improvised and just you you know, the actor comes up with on the spur of the moment. I think that's something that should be, you know, encouraged, you know, improvisation if they're good at it, of course. Yeah, yeah. That they should you know, if they can improvise something they should. But you know, 
it depends, I guess, on the situation as well. Yeah, I think that is something in as a show goes on longer and the characters get to know, uh, sorry, the actors get to know the characters uh, sort of a bit better than the writers maybe. And so the writers are working on stuff and then when it comes to actually shooting the scene, the actor can say, well, I know this character because I've played him for a while now. Mm-hmm. Or I've played her for a while now, and yeah, yeah. you make up lines yeah. that are fitting to the character. And yeah. obviously, you show gets cancelled after episode fourteen. But you maybe don't have as much time. Yeah, to and, know your character as well. You know, and then you told me that in something like Scrubs, the janitor character, they stopped writing dialogue from. They just had him come up with. Yeah, yeah. Things. There's uh, he's famously an incredibly funny man, and they would shoot the dialogue stuff and then they just keep going and let him just make stuff up and it got to the point where the writers realized yeah we're just not writing anything as funny as the stuff that he is making up mm-hmm. so yeah we'll just leave it all to um to the actor and let him do it yeah i think that's what a writer should do well it depends of course if if someone is coming up with something funnier and like the writers can come up with and they should maybe just let the actor just do it they know it well enough and they and funny enough to keep coming up with inventive and funny jokes. Yeah. The um, obviously the janitor character in Scrubs is not really moving the plot forward, so it doesn't really matter what he says. He doesn't have to have those yeah character uh sorry those story points that mm-hmm. he's bringing up. He's just there being comic relief, which mm-hmm. is fine. But obviously, yeah, writers can as long as the the story is moving forward in the way they want it to do, the actor mm-hmm. can yeah go for his life. Mm, yeah and so we touched on jane before how he's one of the less complex i guess yeah he's a very sort of cut and dry very sort of basic yeah character he has a driving force he doesn't hide himself uh i'm i've said this before when we we're off mike um i he's a lot like cordelia in that he just says what he thinks <laughs> um and that obviously can bring a lot of comedy because he has no tact and he's just yeah saying whatever's on his mind. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, can be some funny stuff. Yeah. And I think, I was thinking about this before, us how the characters are sort of on a very, if you, very, if, you if you strip them down to very basic elements, they're sort of like sort of the stereotypes, sort of stereotypes of other shows. Like you've got sort of the wall, like the battle-worn leader. You've got like the strong female second in command. You've got like the funny pilot. You've got like sort of muscle you've got yeah sure sure definitely a lot of archetypes there and you could do that i think you could do that with any show though like if you do that with buffy you strip them down to basic elements then it's the same thing and you can do it with any film or movie really yeah yeah there's obviously a reason these characters work um in when they are stereotypical and so that's where stereotypes come from i guess uh, so then there's the engineer, the mechanic, mm-hmm. the ship, Kaylee, who Kaylee. you said was wonderful. She's fa- she is wonderful. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. She's right up there as one of my favorites. She's, uh, she, you know, because she loves the, the ship, she calls it her girl, and mm. she uh, wants to take care of it and keeps it going. And she obviously uh, is this, I think she's the, you know, the heart of the family on the ship. Mm. Everybody loves Kaylee, even Jane. Um, mm-hmm. even though he, you know, he teases her and picks on her sometimes, but that's what you do with a little sister, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody loves Kaylee. Um, mm. and, and quite rightly so. She is in fact wonderful. Yeah. And, and in the first episode, she, the spoilers, gets, um, shot in the first episode. She does. Yeah. That's right. When you've got the character that everybody loves, the best way to, uh, bring the drama is to put her life in danger, and mm. so that's what they do. Yeah, um, especially in the first episode, 
of a Joss Whedon show where, you know, she might die. She might yeah. honestly be, this might be it for her. Yeah, because that is a thing Joss Whedon does, is he? Characters. Killing and, off characters. And you were telling me a story where he did rewrites for, for Speed, was it? Yeah, or? that's right. In, there's a, in spoilers for Speed, I guess, there was a character in the show, uh, in the movie, that gets killed off by, you know, the psycho killer, psycho bomb guy. Um, and Joss Whedon came into the rewrite and, you know, the character was mean and nasty and a jerk and what have you. Um, and then he rewrote them to make him, you know, funny and lovable and a character that's like, and the studio's going, well, what are you doing? You can't kill him now. And Joss was like, no, no, now is when you should kill him. You don't want to kill someone. You get, there's no payoff for killing someone that everybody hates. Yeah. Uh, you want the drama. You've got to kill someone that everybody loves. Yeah. And that's why, like, in Game of Thrones, sort of the early days where they were just killing off all the fan favourites, mm. everyone was, like, sad, but also, like, this is good, and they would come back to watch the next, next episode. Yeah, I had not read the books when I watched season one of Game of Thrones, and spoilers, uh, Ed Stark dies at the end of season one, and I did not see that coming. i got to yeah. tell you, it was it was brutal. But it is Sean Bean, and he does die. He dies very well, yeah. He him. does in everything. But, you know, he makes a good living off it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, I'm sure he's, you know, people want to see him and stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's the whole of season one of Game of Thrones. He's, you know, following these breadcrumbs and working out the mystery of what's going on. And then when he does it, he dies. <laughs> they kill him off. It's like I thought it was going to be, you know, sort of his show as he carried on. But no, nope, no, nope, yeah. he's, he's done for. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that's something Joss Whedon is very good at in terms of writing is, you know, making you love these characters and then killing them off because that sort of, it, it means more and there's more emotional impact of, you know, a character you love to watch dying as opposed to someone you don't like watching dying because then you're just like, well, good, they're gone now. I don't have to worry about this character again because I didn't like them. Yes, Jenny Callender in Buffy, for example. Everyone loves Jenny Callender. Uh, Giles loves Jenny Callender. So, yeah, let's kill her because uh, it's obviously upsetting for the people watching and mm. it's obviously very upsetting for Giles and there's obviously great drama and uh, mm -hmm. content found there. Yeah. And so then there's Anara, the companion, which I guess that we haven't really explained what a companion is. Yeah, she's an escort. Um, mm. uh but it's more than that. She's an, they call her the ambassador because she yeah, has in this world the top end um, of prostitutes, I guess, for want of a better word, mm. are actually very very highly regarded and they have all the power of who they get to see and, and what have you. Mm -hmm. um, and they go through all this training and, and they get recertified every 12 months or a few years, something like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so... She rents a shuttle off uh, off the Firefly, off Mel, and it just, just becomes hers. She lives in there. She decorates it how she wants, and she uses it to fly off to see her clients. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, she is someone who sort of on the ship but sort of apart from it. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, the relationship she has with Mel is, you know, sort of antagonistic, but obviously, you know, they still really care for each other yeah i think it's more that he doesn't necessarily appreciate her profession he appreciates her but he doesn't appreciate the profession that she does yeah i'm not sure if it's that like i don't know if he 
you know, would judge someone for doing that. But he does repeatedly call her. He oh. does, yeah. He absolutely. And again, I don't know if that's just a, you know, hiding his feelings behind uh, antagonism and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, he obviously cares about her a lot. They, you know, spoilers kind of rescue her sort of in the movie, mm-hmm. yeah. um, even though she was not in any need of being rescued. Yeah. There um, was comedy there to be found yeah. there. And there's a line in the movie that I wanted to bring up before I forget where she calls that because at the end of the first season of Firefly, she leaves because she's, you know, not it's not great and she leaves. And so then she calls them in the film and she's talking to him and she wants to see him or something or she like, mm-hmm. and so then there's a bit where they're talking and um, I think it's Kaylee who sort of brings up that like, you know, she... It's like, well, maybe she just wants to see you. And then Mal says, did we, like, did you hear us argue? And they're like, no. And he's like, well, then it's a trap or something. I'm like, that's really sad. Like, that, that like, the only way that you know something's genuine is, is if they're arguing with each other. Yeah, yeah. They've had that sort of uh, a relationship where they're just constantly bickering. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, it was a nice reveal, I guess, in that moment. That This is how we know it's a trap. Mm. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and so then that—that's the crew that are on the ship when it when the show starts, and then we meet the new people. We've got Shepard Book, who is not in it enough. I feel I think he's one an interesting character who isn't in it as enough. I don't think there's as much with him as there maybe should be. Yeah, there's like... and there's fun fun reveal. He's a you know he's a shepherd. He's a, which is a, like a priest, I guess. <clears throat> Um, and he's out there. There's another great scene at their first dinner where he says, do you mind if I say grace? And Mel says, as long as you don't say it out loud, um, because Mel is very much a non-believer since I think he might have been a believer beforehand. I think but after in the, the war, opening scene, he's got like a cross or something. Yeah, he's got in the war. And, in the war, and then he loses his he, faith when they lose the war, war sort of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, yeah, he comes in as a shepherd and then there's, there's just a few things in there where he knows how to use a gun and he knows how to do some stuff. And it's like he's obviously got a more interesting past than we know about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. which is, yeah, more stuff to be revealed. Yeah. Not that we get too much of it before the, the show ends, I guess. Yeah. And um, there's a few scenes in the show where he's with Jane and they're just like working out together mm. on the ship. I just find that like that's a very that's like that's very interesting and very like a weird pairing. Sure. Because the show, you know, they're sort of like the primary pairings of characters. You know, there's Wash and Zoe, and then there's Simon and River, and then there's sort of just every now and again you'll just get like an odd pairing or just two like random people together. Yeah. Just talking. Yeah, and, yeah, because in those yeah strange combinations you get yeah some interesting stuff. Yeah, and I think that's a thing that you know Buffy does it. An angel does of yeah, this, you know, this primary parents, and then there's just the odd pairings of just two like random characters, like Spike and Anya, for example, mm. in Buffy, very different pairing, you know, two very different people, but they have chemistry and they sort of bounce off each other. Yeah, there's a great scene in uh, Buffy where Spike is in there with Joyce, and they're talking, and they're like, <laughs> "Have I?" Have we met? And yeah, Joyce has smacked him with an axe at some point earlier in the in the, in the show's history yeah. because he was attacking Buffy. Um, so yeah, and then you just have yeah, like you have this have an interesting combination. Like yeah, that. 
Mm. And, I, and I think all like none of the pairings of characters feels weird or disingenuous. Like it all feels like these are genuine people who know and like each other. Well, in most cases, they like each other. Mm. And it doesn't feel unearned. It feels like genuine emotions and relationship between these characters, even in situations where they don't like each other. Yeah. It feels like these are real people. Yes. Um, I think there's something about, you know, travelling small group of people in a confined space like mm. a ship. Yeah, you're going to get to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe even if you don't like them all, you're going to maybe respect them or, mm-hmm. or that sort of thing. But, yeah, yeah there's going to be some interesting conversations when they, yeah. people meet and talk that necessarily wouldn't have out in the real mm-hmm. world. Yeah. And then we get to Simon and River, which I think Simon is one of my favourite characters of the show. I think he... Oh, that's excellent. He, um... Because he's sort of the most restrained of all the characters, like everybody, like he's the most pulled back. If you if you look at them all, they're all making jokes and they're all doing these things. And the relationship and moments he has with Kaylee, where she's sort of more open and having fun, and he's sort of very pulled back. And yeah. Very he's a he's a proper. doctor. He has medical training. He's from uh, a wealthy society, so mm. he doesn't fit in as well yeah. with this. I guess. Uh, you know, lowbrow uh, crew. Mm. So he's sort of seen a bit, and Anara to a lesser degree is like that as well because of, of her training and things like that. So they sort of have a connection. Yeah. Um, they they have a, a common past or common, um, not history, but they come from a, a, from the same place. They come from wealth and well-to-do and mm-hmm. society. Yeah, and I think they, because they have very, they don't have many scenes, but I think some of their scenes are really nice together. Like there's an episode like right towards the end where they're, um, Give, where there's this woman giving birth and because Simon's the doctor, he has to deal with her and he has to, you know, help her give birth. And she, and like, and I just wishes him luck, good luck. I'm like, that's really nice because it feels genuine. It's yeah. not, it doesn't feel like it's just having like a nice emotional moment. It's like, this is like, feels like real people who care for each other and yeah. are wishing each other good luck. Yeah. It's that sort of, yeah, nice moments have been earned during the course of the show yeah. where, yeah, where you see them interact and you see them get together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's interesting that you, that you like his character because it is so restrained and so mm. underplayed. He's very much the straight man for everyone else yeah. who's sort of being the comedian, mm-hmm. um, which is great because that's not necessarily, like you say, washes a lot of everybody's favorites because he's out there and just funny. Yeah. Um, and it's good that the straight man gets some recognition. But I, th- I think it's because he sort of progressed because when we first introduced him, he's wearing like a suit, you know, he's got a full suit on, he's wearing like sunglasses and everything. And as you sort of watch the series progress, he sort of loses bits of that and he's not as, you know, yeah, the edges get roughed up a bit. He's not as smooth yeah. and what have you. And then, by the f- and then by the time the film ends, he's also sort of lost a bit of that. Yeah. And I think it's, and you know, and I think it's good because it could be one of the harder roles to play, perhaps, is the straight man. Because if everyone else is just having fun and you've got to be very restrained and yeah. very much like, because even like Book has a lot of, he has like more fun, even though he's like a shepherd, like he's a priest. Mm. But there's a lot more to him, and he has a little more fun than Simon does because I think of because of who he is and everything. Yeah, he's got that age as well. Yeah. Um, both as a, you know, as the character and as an actor, he's obviously Ron Glass played the character. He's lived a long time and he's done a lot of things, and he brings that sort of history with him. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, he's got a lot of stuff to say about the world and and his you know, the way he's walked through it, and so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you want to listen to this guy talk a bit. Yeah, I think. In a lot of stuff, one of, some of my favorite characters are just like the straight men. 
you know, the sort of the guys who have, and women, you know, who is very much the, they're the least interesting. Mm. And then as you watch a TV show or whatever, you can see them progress into more, you know, loosening up and like losing that old part of themselves. So if you go back and watch it, in the beginning you're like man this is so different than how they end up by the end of the series yeah there's uh xander in buffy just to go for a quick tangent he's mm. obviously it's very much sort of the straight man i mean he's sort of funny mm. but he's he's the only one with no power he's like the just a human yeah he's in just, the show. The just a kid uh and then he has an episode in season three called the zeppo which is just a great great episode mm-hmm. of him like it's sort of a night in the world where all these crazy things are happening and it's sort of seen through his eyes and his experiences. Uh, and it's a, yeah, it's a great episode. Of yeah. Because if you look at that Buffy to go on a quick tangent about that, because you know, you've got Buffy who's the slayer. You've got Willow who be cut. He's like the tech genius and becomes a witch. You've got Giles who has got, you know, his dubious past. Mm. Then you've got as Oz who who's a werewolf. Then you've got Anya at some point. She's a former demon. You've yep. got Spike, who's a vampire. You've got Tara, who's a witch as well. And then he's just like this guy who yeah. doesn't have any of that. Yeah. And I think he, as a character, is one of the more important ones because he's sort of the one. There's a great moment in at the in the first episode of season four where Buffy sort of lost everything. She's lost the fight. She's hurt and everything. And he just like is he um I um is described because the buff because Xander Willow and Giles are uh, talked about as like her they represent you know giles represents her mind um xander represents her like, heart and like willow represents her soul or something like that. Mm-hmm. and so how like xander comes through for her and tells her that like he's his hero and how you know he always whenever he's scared or alone you know he he thinks about what would buffy do and i think you know that's just nice because you need someone to be grounded in reality in yeah. a show like this and and Simon in this is very much grounded in reality. Yeah, yeah. Despite absolutely. the fact that his sister is one of the more interesting characters because she's very, I think, to, uh, to sort of segue to talking about River, she, it might be it's perhaps the most difficult performance to get right. Because River? Of River, yeah. Because sure. she's the most sort of out there. She's very, she's got, like, I think the performance really works. I don't think if it was as well done as it is it wouldn't have worked and her character wouldn't have worked as well yeah, yeah. if summer glow hadn't given a better performance sure so. sure um well do you want to just talk about river now yeah the, the last character she's revealed uh yeah like i said said earlier being smuggled in simon's luggage mm. uh she was in suspended animation and he was just trying to get her away from where he broke her out and i guess sorry just to go back to simon a bit yeah. he has that thing where he gave up everything that he had to break his sister out of this facility mm-hmm. um and he so he had all this planning and things he had to do um which obviously shows that he's you know he's obviously smart he's a doctor but he's also you know sneaking conniving and wily and at some points in the first episode as you've said spoilers kaylee gets shot mm-hmm. um and he's willing to let Kaylee die. Uh, or he says, I'm not going to operate on Kaylee and fix her unless you start flying away from the, the Alliance. We're trying to capture us now. So he's sort of, he's willing to sacrifice Kaylee to save his sister. Yeah. And that shows a certain sort of a character as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. He's... And that's an interesting thing. Cause 
for the because then you watch the series and Kaylee and Simon's relationship and how it developed over the series. How it's oh, he's a very good looking man. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yes, no, and she's very pretty. As well. She is just lovely. I, yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I'm sure we'll talk about that. When we, we will. Get we will. Later on. So, and then yeah, the last character is River, who gets mm. revealed. She is this child prodigy, a genius. Mm. How old is are they meant to be? Like, how old is she meant to be? Because um, we see a flashback with them as like kids. I presume he's got he's older than her. Yes, her. yes. But older she brother. is like a prodigy. She's a genius. Yeah, she was taken to this institute or sent to this institute when she was very young, mm. uh, and and they started you know, testing her and yeah. operating on her and doing all sorts of things. Turn her into this, I guess, a weapon is um, yeah one way they that's put basically, it. and um, I'll it's a bit like Black Widow sort of story where yeah, yeah they're just taking this institute but and... i think it's a little more it's it was different because it's not the same thing it, it's a bit as a premise it's sort of the same thing yeah but you know i think there's a difference in the two of them yeah i think um and it it's a much bigger part of the film really like because they're just trapped because simon and river are traveling to escape the alliance but the film really delves into like the yeah. past and there's it's several the sort of thing obviously they were gonna expand over the several seasons of the show but the show didn't yeah. get that chance and i assume in the comics they talk they, there's more involving her yeah, past in the comics there's a yeah there's a little bit mm. not as much most of it's from after she gets picked up i guess after she's with the serenity yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there's more more in the movie. But uh, and then essentially it becomes Simon who's rescued his sister mm-hmm. uh, from the alliance, and they're just trying to get away. Um, and Mal, while he's you know doesn't like people doing bad things and smuggling on his ship, mm-hmm. he is a big fan of not giving the alliance what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he sort of takes them on board, and uh, yeah, they stay with him. Mm-hmm. Well, for the sh- through the show and the movies, yeah. uh, the movie. So, um, yeah, her character is, yeah, she is a genius, and she's but she's been affected at this institute. We don't exactly know how or um, or to what extent, hmm. but she is, yeah, an interesting character that we learn more about. I guess who is, um, mm-hmm. yeah, trying to. I don't know, not make a way in the world, but the, the the whole, the first season is really just about escaping from the Alliance. They, they yeah. have some episodes where they go back and they have to do some brain scans and stuff. So they go to yeah. a hospital, have to break into a hospital yeah. and get some things done. Mm-hmm. There's lots of stuff that happens where they try and find exactly what's been happening. And I guess, yeah, it's resolved in um, the movie. Yeah. So I, I, we don't have time to talk about every episode. No, that's, no, we don't. That's good. I mean, we do. So, I mean, we yeah. do Who's gonna, but... Who wants to listen to that? That's like going to be several hours. Yes, indeed. So I'm just going to touch on some points. So, um, so the show takes place like about a hundred or so years into the future. Yeah, I can't remember. I I didn't look it up, but yeah, but, sometime in the future. But yeah, so technology hasn't. Like, they still use like modern guns most of the time. Like it's a lot of modern technology. Yeah, in the center planets, there's a lot of I think futuristic stuff that you know whatever's happened in the, in the next hundred years but we don't spend a lot of time there in the show we're on the outer planets where they yeah just take people out and you know they're just out there farming and trying mm-hmm. to terraform these planets and, and yeah. live so we it's a it's an interesting mix of flying spaceships and uh you know hand plows and things like that where they're just trying to get by mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So in the open towards the end of the first episode, we hear about the Reavers. Yes. And they are not really featured in the show out of the, out, in the show anyway, outside of that first episode. No. Again, there's probably a lot more they were gonna say during the time, um over the next several seasons, but we didn't get that far, so mm. uh they're just there as this boogeyman threat kind mm. of a thing, which they yeah, run into every now and again. But um, yeah, and I long. like how because we don't really know what they are, and so and on and because a lot of the show we're sort of I guess Simon we're from Simon's point of view because he doesn't know what some of these things are. Sure. So, but people don't actually know what they are either. There's yeah. people that have gone crazy, but for some reason, of killing and raping. And yeah, it and seems to be. I don't know why these people sort of make more of their own kind by just through their actions and things like that. It, yeah. It's not explained. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the mystery that they're trying to, they're not only trying to solve it, but yeah, they do. That's the, that's kind of the central part of the movie. The movie. Yeah. Mm. And so, and I like how immediately, like, it's obvious they are a threat. Like when they when they're like, oh, there are reavers on us. Like Wash and all the characters get immediately. Oh, like including Jane, who just loved shooting people and what have you. Yeah, he's, he wants nothing to do with them at all. Yeah, and so there's a great chase sequence where they're able to successfully evade, and and then we don't really see them again for the rest of the show. It's pretty much just like other miscellaneous people who mm. are the antagonists for each episode. Yeah, I mean there is an episode with the reavers. Um, that explains a little bit more about them, but that's mm. that's really it. They're not there as a yeah, big part. They're more of the they're the main antagonists. Well, in the sort of the latter half of the film, they're more they're more of the antagonists there. Yes, uh, the, I think the CGI holds up most of the time. Yeah, I mean it's early two thousand. Yeah. Yes, um, but a, it, a lot of it holds up relatively well. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, they didn't go overboard with it. Like a lot of the stuff. I like they're using a lot of old tech, obviously. Like I said, there's a flying mm. spaceship, but they've also just got you know handguns and things like that, and all that stuff yeah. exists, so they could do it for real yeah. uh, when sh in shooting. Yeah, there's an interesting part uh, in the audio commentary where they're just talking about the filming style mm -hmm. of the show in the CGI, and they have a lot of like crash zooms and finding focus of stuff, like a sort of a documentary style that Joss wanted to use, mm -hmm. and then apparently um, George Lucas used it in the new Star Wars movies, which came out. Uh, just before the show aired and sort of stole his thunder, but it's just, it's not motivated in the Star Wars movies, uh, mm -hmm. or it's more motivated in Firefly because mm -hmm. it yeah. seems like a sort of a documentary sort of show where you're following these characters and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so the, it's also got a really good theme, uh, like a theme song for the show, sure, for the yeah. opening credits, because yep. I think it's something that Joss Whedon is really good at. Yeah. Because I. I don't really know. Like, did he write the theme? Or I think so. Or his brother did. I think there's, uh, yeah, there's a... Because I know for Buffy, he didn't come up with the theme for that. It no. was Alison Hannigan who suggested, who had him listen to it. He was like, oh, that's great. We should use that. Yeah. And then in Angel, I think they did the same thing. They just put a call out to a lot of bands and say, send us some thongs, songs that you think might be good yeah. for a, a theme song. And so that's how they got those two. Yeah, but this is the only one, because does Dollhouse have lyrics in its game, or is it just not music? Sure. It's been a little while since I've watched the Yeah, dance. but because Buffy and Angel, it's just like music, but there's actual lyrics mm. in the Firefly theme. There is. I think it's a really good song for a TV show. Sure. And I think it, it does seem to sum up what the show, yeah, yeah the feel of the show. So it gives you mm. an idea of the feel of the show. Yeah. 
So, do you have any, like, favourite moments or scenes or episodes that you want to touch on? Uh, probably too many to name. There's lots of great lines there used are in the show. Plenty, there are a lot of really great lines. Most of them exist as memes on the internet now. Yes. Um, favourite episodes, uh, they're all... No, they're not all really good. Train Job is probably the weakest. I'm going to go mm. with that, but the rest of them are all really yeah. good. I love Out of Gas. It's just a great idea for a show where they're just leaking oxygen and how they're going yeah. to live without oxygen. Mm-hmm. And um, now Mrs. Reynolds introduces a great oh, side character a, who comes a, back really once or twice. She's a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, the final episode with the Bounty Hunter. That's also, also a lot of fun. Really but episode. I guess my favorite is the pilot. I'm a big fan of first episodes because mm-hmm. I don't think you get a second episode unless the first episode's pretty yeah. strong. That's just how you look at movies in general. Yeah, like I know if... a lot of people like Empire Strikes Back better than Star Wars. <laughs> yes. But I think myself included. It, but I think you know if you watch if Empire was your first movie you watched and you'd never seen the, the Star Wars. Oh yeah, it definitely it, doesn't work. It wouldn't well. be as as good a, a movie. It's built on um, a new hope. But so then, that's why I prefer a new hope. But then, sort of by that logic, should the first season not be your favorite of a TV show? Then yeah, no, that's fair enough. I mean, the first because I think sort of by that logic, that sort of. I mean, I don't know how it works, but there's. I know, like, for Buffy, your favourite season is season one. No. I don't think it's, it's favourite for everyone. It's one of the weaker seasons. Yeah, well, you know, it was just 12 episodes of a fill-in show that they made, and each mm-hmm. pretty much each episode is its own story, movie mm-hmm. of the week, monster of the week. Yeah. Um, and, but there's obviously a lot of character building in the first season, um, mm-hmm. and even in the first episode, Welcome to the Hellmouth and The Harvest is a great, like, double, double episode to... Yeah. Uh, introduce the show and yeah yeah introduce a lot of characters and start a lot of stories start a lot of journeys mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i'm so i'm gonna say the pilot of mm-hmm. uh the uh, of firefly is probably one of my favorites it's got a great introduction i think to most of the characters I river's introduction is amazing because uh, i've got a list of tv show pilots ranked and i <laughs> sure. think it's because i like ranking things so yeah absolutely fun and so I need to see where I put Serenity. Because it, it, I actually watched Serenity earlier this year, like February or something, and I only finished the show like a couple days ago. Sure. But I watched it in that's like three Serenity, days. That's Serenity, which is the name of the pilot episode. That's the pilot episode, yeah. Which is also the name of the movie, just yeah. to separate. Yeah. Which I think makes sense. I think the pilot of an episode, like the name of a pilot, should have... I mean, a lot of times they just call it the pilot. It mm. makes sense. Like that. If you can't come up with, if there's not, you know, if you don't have a good name or anything, or you... It doesn't necessarily need to have a good name. Like Breaking Bad has a great pilot, and they just call it pilot, sure. which makes sense because I don't think you need to. Um, like I don't think like some TV shows just go like episode one, episode two, episode three. They yeah. don't have anything else, and I think it depends. I mean, I'm not. I don't really mind what they call it. It just can be difficult if you name an episode just episode two point one, and then it's like, well, I can't exactly remember that off the top of my head yeah, what yeah. episode is. Yeah, like with Buffy, it's um. Yeah, you know each episode is individual name. Yeah, the title is yeah. telling you what the story is yeah. about. Um, Serenity is my third favorite TV show pilot. Well, of all that's time. pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is it, it's uh, Breaking Bad is above it. Breaking Bad and the first episode of The Boys are above it. Okay, sure. Um, and I've got a and this list has um got forty five okay. TV show pilots. So that's, that's a pre- that's pretty good. Third out of forty five. Yeah. And there's like a lot of other really good pilots on it, like Angel. 
I think has got a much better part than Buffy. Sure. Because but it's established with Angel and the character. Yeah, that's right. You can do a lot of stuff without having to introduce who Jill and Cordelia yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so my favorite episode is Out of Gas, the one where everyone, you know, the ship is losing oxygen. Sure. I think is that sorry? Is that the episode where you find their backstories and how they join? Yes, the that's ship? the one where yeah. they find because it opens on Simon's birthday, doesn't it? It opens on it's. Is it? I think that's the oh on the ship. Yeah, yeah on the all, ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're celebrating Simon's birthday, and then you know. And there's an explosion, and then they all have to leave, and then there's just Mal on the ship yeah. by himself. And I think that is Nathan Villian's best performance <laughs> of the TV series of the series yeah. as a whole, because it's it's a it's just him for a lot of it. It's just him having to perform, and that's some of the best episodes of the TV show are just the ones where it's just like one or two people just bouncing off each other. Sure, you know. Because, like, you need good actors to do that. I think Nathan Fillion is a good actor. And I think... And it's just... And I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for it, for an episode of a TV show where you see how all these people met. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Like, yeah, no, I'm, me too. I'm, me too. I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, other ones off the top of my head that I like of TV shows where one where there's an episode that's just, like, a backstory episode. Like, I guess the first, like, Becoming Part 1 of Buffy's got a little bit of backstory, like, with Angel and Buffy and how they met. Yeah. But it's just those two characters. But this show, like, introduces all the characters. And, and it all makes sense how they all, how you meet them all. Well, the ones that are on the ship. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly right. You yeah. see how they joined. But, yeah, yeah they're, um, yeah, no, it is a good episode, like you say, for all mm. those reasons. Yeah. Uh, so I think like, cause there's always, you know, when you talk about a show, I guess people always talk about, you know, favorite, like parents of characters and favorite interactions and stuff. And I, I don't think there's a bad parent. I think in some shows there's, you know, you could have like a parent of characters that is just like bad. Yeah. But this show like feels people they feel like people and... yeah they're, they're all people that have something interesting to say mm -hmm. and emotional moments feel earned it doesn't feel like joss or Bernard, who i was writing is like telling you this is how you're meant to feel it feels like this is an earned this moment is earned that they've been building this and now it's happened yeah they've got a um a great way like you say the new characters come on so we learn about the crew through their eyes because they're meeting them for the first yeah. time um, and River very much has this childlike, uh, you know, exploration. Wonder. Yeah, everything is not new, <laughs> but everything is fascinating to her. Mm -hmm. So there's, yeah, great stuff um, as she, through her journey as yeah. well. And, like, Mal and River are very much, because he doesn't, because a lot of the time of the show, he's very antagonistic towards Simon and River. Mm. And and to be fair, I can see where he's coming from. Like River is a bit dangerous and somewhat of a liability sure. at times. But you again, you sort of see that he does respect her at least as a as a minimum. And, yeah. And as the series progresses, and by the end of the film, you know, she it's them. That's the, the, they're the final scene, right? The, her, her and, yeah, they're on the yeah, they're on the deck, flying and getting ready to fly the ship. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know, and 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 I think. And I think Jane has also got some of the funnier lines. But the thing about it is he's not trying to be funny, though. He's just saying that, like, Alan Tudyk Wash is trying to be funny. Yeah. Well, not trying, but he just is saying things that are funny. And, and but Jane is just saying things that are funny, but not purposely so. Yeah, that's right. 
And I think that sort of worked well, you know, to sort of have a, a less intelligent character, I guess, because they they in some in stuff like this can have some of the funnier lines, but it's not necessarily meant to be funny. It's not like a funny thing they're saying. It's just how they yeah them saying it. it is funny yeah. yeah, and I feel like the show really it makes you want to see characters get like it makes you want to see Kaylee and Simon get together yeah, by the end. Yeah, that's well this area. And I think that it works because you sort of see there's there's early stuff in the early on where it sort of is going there and then Simon sort of calls back and he's trying to be proper and then she's upset at him and, and you're just like, well, he just needs to stop doing that because he's pushing her away almost. But she's still interested. Yeah. Because, you know. They're obviously I'm, teasing that out. Yeah. The will they, won't they part of the show mm-hmm. just keep people watching a bit. I think that can be, if it's not well written, can be very... Um, Annoying, annoying, and just like, oh, we get it. Just you know, like you know, they're gonna get together, yeah. but it's just like when, like, like in Friends. As much as I like Friends, sure. I found the Ross Rachel thing just like, I, I, by the end, yeah. I mean, I didn't want them to get together because honestly, they're really bad for each other. <laughs> sure. She's really bad for him, and he's really bad for her. Sure, but it's like just if you're like, gonna get together, just do it. Like, and I know that like. You know, it, and I think, because, you know, the show sort of ends sort of with loose threads, and it's just like, well, that's just disappointing, because I'm like, they should they should wrap this up in the film. Like, this should be yeah. how the film Which wraps they up. Which were lucky enough to get that happening. I mean, yeah. the, the show could have ended, and that could have been it. Yeah. But uh, they had a huge uh, fan base. Yeah. Who got together and convinced them mm-hmm. to make the movie, which is a bit sort of the opposite of Buffy, where they had the bad movie first and then yeah. they went on to make uh, the TV. But show. There, there is a difference, though, in that Buffy was watched by, you know. Well, first of all, the studio understood what Buffy was meant to be, but they didn't get Firefly. They didn't get why no. the whole thing. Yeah, no, they marketed it wrong. Mm. They got the wrong people watching, and then the wrong people didn't want to watch it anymore because it wasn't for them. It wasn't and they, for them. They, it seems like they purposely sabotage. Yeah, um, I don't, yeah, they just maybe they were just incompetent and bad at their jobs. But like, like I said earlier, I think the train job uh, was you know emble- embellic of the the show that they wanted to be making every week, and that was what the show Joss was making. So mm-hmm. um, you weren't going to keep the people watching. Yeah, that you know. Yeah, like, because I think Buffy could have gone as long as they wanted, honestly. I feel like they still, I mean, I feel like they would have stopped at a certain point, but they, I feel like they still could have been going for as long as they wanted. And I think, well, Angel was cancelled before season six happened. Yeah. But I think had it not been cancelled again, they could have kept going. Yeah. There is no end of stories. But Firefly, they didn't get. So I feel like, but Firefly is a show that's got so much longevity to it. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's very simple. It's just people on a spaceship and they go from planet to planet yeah. doing missions and stuff. Yeah. Like it's it's very simple. It's like, you know, The Mandalorian is very much like you could do that show for a long time because it's just a guy going from place to place doing missions and stuff. Absolutely. If, if yeah, if Firefly had been created today, uh, I think it's possibly, it, yeah, it would have a, it wouldn't be cancelled for a start because that's not how streaming services work. You'd have your first season totally mm-hmm. done, and uh, yeah, you'd get a couple more out of it without any drama. Mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah, and you know, there's comparisons between Firefly and The Mandalorian because I think it's just, 
it's a sci-fi as a sci-fi story with people who just go from planet to planet doing missions and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's not really fair to compare because the Mandalorian is just one guy with you know a child, and every now and again he's got some people who help him. Yeah. But Firefly is like a family essentially of people who yeah. go from place to place doing these missions. A lot more stories to tell <laughs> of the people on the ship. Yeah. And yeah, and I think it had a lot more interesting. Like you say, Mandalorian is a guy with a baby and uh, with a child, I guess, and mm -hmm. that's the story. And Firefly had a lot more of uh, uh, overarching: what's the Alliance doing, and how are we going to stop them, and yeah. what's the story with Reavers, and mm -hmm. etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Lots of things which could have been mm. yeah filled yeah. in a lot of good television. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah I I don't think there's a bad episode of Firefly. I think there's some definitely weaker ones, but I think it's a pretty it's like a pretty consistently good show. It is, yeah. It's uh, there's not a I like there's only fourteen episodes, so you want to I guess watch as much of it as you can. But there's never a time where you're going if I'm watching it, I'm gonna skip that episode. I'll just go on to the next one because I you know there's good stuff in all of them. Yeah. Uh, so I was just reading something here about when Joss Whedon first created the show, and it says here that he intended to have the show run for seven seasons. There you go. Which is great. Which is, fan which, like, is fair enough. Like, it's a show you can do, for, like, as long as you want, really. Yeah. I wonder how much of that has made it into the comic mm. uh, version. Because yeah. I assume Joss Whedon isn't, will not be as heavily involved with it now because of what we know about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much... Uh, is in there. He was because we were talking about like there weren't a lot of comics about it when it first came out, and he said mm. because there's just not as much history. Like Buffy can have mm. many multiple seasons of comics because we have seven years worth of television and lore that we've created. Yeah, well, um, with Firefly, you don't have that. Yeah, Firefly had none of that. So it was all television, and that's all you've got to work with. Few episodes uh, of television, yeah, don't have a lot to draw a comic book series from. Uh, but just recently. Um, uh, like I said, Boom Studios in 2018 started Publish It Monthly, mm. and they just essentially started using the characters we like and creating their own lore, creating their own stories, introducing mm. new characters that we like, and uh, yeah, they're, they've been running with it for three years now, mm. um, and I don't know if they're going to be stopping anytime soon, yeah. so yeah. So it says here that while there were low ratings that helped of course, it's all cancelled, and that's fair enough. It's a business, but also apparently part of the reason it was also cancelled was that the executives of Fox thought it was too dark. Sure, which I think it can be. But there are several references to like very like dark subject matter. There is, I mean, they get captured and tortured at some point yeah. in there, and the Reavers themselves are not pleasant mm. things to be encountering. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm like, I don't know how much was explained. Of the show when when Joss had meetings with them yeah. to say this is what we're going to be doing, but uh, yeah, yeah. And again, it was early two thousands. That sort of stuff you can certainly get away with now, especially on streaming services where you can do whatever mm. you want. Yeah. So before we talk about the film, because I think we've talked about the show enough. Sure. There's uh there's a lot they speak Chinese in it. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's part of the law where you know a hundred years in the future and the USA and China have become the two main influences on the world, which is a reasonable prediction. I think that's certainly what might be happening. Mm -hmm. And so they got um, merged into one, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's um, so. There's a lot of 
yeah, talking about talking in English and and throwing some Chinese in there, yeah. and there's lots of uh, Chinese yeah. advertising and stuff. Yeah, I wonder. Like, I assume it's probably all like what they're saying is actual Chinese words, and it actually is. Uh... Yeah, yeah. There's I've listened to the audio commentary with the scriptwriters. They just say they just write a line they want to say, and they just put in brackets in Chinese. And they would have a, 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 a in Mandarin, I guess, and they would just mm-hmm. have a translator come in and give them the uh, the syllables that the actors needed to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also think that like the show, because um, yeah, we've been talking about this for over an hour now at the time. I think that um, like. Well, because with Joss Whedon with his writing, and because uh, I was listening to, I was watching a video of this guy who's doing um, Firefly, um, like retrospect, like he's doing an episode guide. Sure. Basically, he goes through the episode, talks about it, talks about you know, hidden meetings and how Joss Whedon names his characters very purposely. Sure. And the names all mean something. Like he doesn't just name them willy nilly. Like every name he gives his characters is in reference to something. Sure. Yeah, he does a lot of. Um uh world building he yeah mm-hmm. makes them real makes the world lived in and yeah puts them in it which i think is fair enough and i i think it you know because i don't pick up on all of that stuff because i because i don't like when i first watch something i don't always pick up all the hidden meetings you know if there's like lots to pick up on i'm just like yeah well, pick up on all following them. the story because i'm there's like you know i primarily want to follow the story first and then pick up stuff you know and, you know, I think that's something that some movies and shows sort of don't understand is they try and put hidden meaning into everything, but they don't write a compelling story. Yeah. And I think yeah. it should be an entertaining story first and then a, um, yeah. you know, add more to it. You know, you start with this and then you add more stuff to it. Yeah. So that's the show. Is there any things you want to talk about, the sh- final things you want to talk about in the show before yeah, we move on to the movie? It was just gone too early, but yeah, yeah. we've said that a few times. So do you want to put a rating on it out of 10? I would give it 10, 10 out of 10, I think, for the show. I think, well, we're in agreement there. It is to, I mean, it's more of a 9.5, but I'll just say 10 for, to be to round it, because that'll just be easier. Sure. I mean, I, I, I don't, we haven't really, I've spoken off camera, but I don't, like, I can't really put a rating on things. It's hard to, mm-hmm. like, quantify and number mm. so you know if it's really good it's a 10 and it's really good so yeah. that's really it. and how would you rate this amongst joss whedon's show other shows buffy angel and dollhouse um you, what which would i prefer to watch you ask like how would you rank them from sort of not your least favorite but like because you like them all i do like them all but like, what is like do you think is like his best work and then what do you think is his weakest work? wow that's tricky not to say it's bad but... sure i mean buffy is obviously really good but you got 144 episodes so yeah. some of those are going to be weaker yeah than some of i guess as, as, as an overall thing like which is an you... overall thing i like i like firefly because mm-hmm. it's yeah it's 14 episodes in a movie i mean there's comics as well but you can watch it uh, and experience all of the world that exists mm-hmm. in a reasonably short amount of time. Uh, Buffy and Angel have a lot more time to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to say, I'm going to sit down and watch Buffy today, well, then you, it's obviously going to take you quite a while to get all the way through it. Um, Dollhouse is obviously only two seasons too, so that's a mm-hmm. bit quicker. Um, but I find uh, Firefly, Space Cowboys, I think that's just a lot of fun. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Firefly's way up there. So now it's time to talk about the film, oh. Serenity. 
So do you know how they... Because you mentioned earlier that Firefly had a massive fan base by the time the film came out. And sort of after the show aired, it sort of had, it, it's a cult favourite. It's a cult classic among television. And they made a film because the fans wanted Yeah, I guess. It. they. Uh, I'm not exactly sure on the specifics of it all, but uh, the people at... Uh, is it 20th Century Fox, I'm assuming? I think so. Because it's a pop so. show? Yeah. So I think they... they decided uh, it would be worth making a movie out of it. We're going to make some money. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'm guessing, what it came down to. There's mm-hmm. obviously lots of people writing in and gaining interest. Mm-hmm. And so the producers decided it'd be worth spending the money to make more of that money. Mm-hmm. So, and you saw it when it came out in. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of the show, obviously. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we went to see it. Yeah, on the big screen when it yeah. first came out. And so one of my sisters has seen it, has seen Firefly and Serenity. Yes. And the other one has only seen Serenity. Yes, of your older sisters. Yes, yes. my older sisters. I don't know how that it happened. Yeah, well, because, you know, Serenity is obviously a movie. You go to the movies, you watch movies. I think she's watched it, not on the big screen, though. She watched it on video or something, rather. She thinks, she's pretty sure she came, we were watching it over here, and she saw it over at our house when she came to visit one time. I had never seen the show. Right. Uh, yeah, that's obviously not the ideal way to watch it. Watch the watch the series TV show first, and, and then watch the movie. Yeah. I mean, that's what you do in most cases. Yes, watch, like you know, Breaking Bad. There's the Breaking Bad movie. You watch the show, and then you watch the movie. You're also meant to watch the prequel series after you watch the main show. Sure, that's how you're meant to watch it. Sure, and that's what you do in most. Indiana Jones, like, has a prequel, but you don't have to watch that mm. in order because that's a sort of separate thing. It's sort of each movie is an individual. It is. There is nothing spoiled uh, by watching any of the Indiana Jones yeah. movies before the so, so it opens with Simon rescuing River from the place. Yes. They go back in time and we see the breakout. Yeah. And I was sort of wondering when it took place. Like, because at the beginning, at first I was like, I was sort of wondering when it took place. But it's like, it, so it took place before. I mean, I I, did, I figured very quickly that it takes place after, well, before they get on the Serenity ship. Does that just make sense? But I thought initially that she'd somehow been captured again sure. or something. Sure. And that maybe this was another breakout, but, you know, and then it's revealed that it's not real. They're going through an old... They're watching um, a hologram. Hologram, yeah. Yeah. And then there's Chiwetel Ejiofor, the man... Who is basically going to capture? Yeah, I, don't, is, I think he's unnamed in the movie. I, don't I think he's unnamed. I think in like, uh, if I could find it, he. I don't think he's given a name. I yeah, think, he's like, the villain of the piece. Mm, uh, he was the, just the primary. Yeah, like the a... primary antagonist. Yeah, I the... think. No, sorry, you were gonna say. Oh, I was just going to say that the you know villains, uh, primary antagonists set up in the TV show, which. We don't hear about, but yes, a series of three comics were released between the TV show and the movie, mm. which wrap up some oh. of those storylines mm. to get rid of those bad guys so we can have a brand new bad guy for the movie mm. to answer the questions, I guess, yeah. that uh, were yeah. asked in the show. Uh, so the film was actually distributed by Universal sure. instead of Fox. Fair enough. Which is probably why it's not streaming with Firefly because it's owned by a different company. That's fair enough. That they. Not own. Uh, it says here he's just the operative. The operative, that's right. But I don't think he needs a name. I don't think he. No, that makes it more scary. He's an unnamed bad guy. Yeah. 
And so then there's, you know, and so by this point, Inara has left, Shepard has left, so it's just everyone else, though, is yeah. on that ship. Yeah. And the film really delves more into River and her character and what she does, I guess, sort of more of her backstory. That's what a lot of the film focuses on. And it's sort of revealed that she, well, it's she's psychic and she's got all these special powers, and she knows some secrets that they don't want to be revealed. Or well, they, yeah, they, the, the operative says that oh, she probably knows some secrets because she met some like big, yeah, she's an empath. Member. Which yeah, it's explained a bit in the show where she knows things about people, mm-hmm. um, and people find that very unnerving when. Yeah girl knows things about yeah. them and and yeah they they delve into that more in the movie and that's why that's why they're trying to catch it because she probably knows alliance secrets that she yeah and, and in out. the show you sort of there are a bit like there's like little bits of dialogue that are very sort of um like they don't really mean anything on their own and then something sort of big happens and then you're like oh that's what it this is you know she says something and then something happens after that is like the same is related to what you said. Yeah. Yeah. The movie is very much um I was gonna say it's River's story. I'm not exactly sure it is, mm-hmm. but yeah, she, she's very much the center, finding out what happened to her, um, and uh what the secret is that I guess she knows, and um yeah, finding out what it means. Mm-hmm. So then there's uh so they sort of they land on a planet because Simon and River, well Simon wants to get off. He's sort of tired of this because he doesn't like Mal and Mal doesn't seem to like him. And they keep and they odds. And so then she they get off at this place and then River goes kind of a bit nuts and just like fights everyone in like a bar. And then he like great kick ass action scene. Yeah. Absolutely. And then he knocks her out with like a phrase in Chinese. Mm-hmm. And so that there's, you know, there's more conflict and, and, and the show also, there's plenty of conflict between Jane and Simon as well. Jane, it's probably because Jane sort of, you know, he usually agrees with Mal. And so he's sort of on his side basically. And so, yeah, so that happens there at this place. And then they get a call from Inara and so then Mal sneaks in in like a, what is it he's yeah, wearing? They work out it's a trap because of the way they uh, converse. Mm. And they uh, they know this guy's after them. Well, I don't know. At some mm. point, they find out there's someone trying to catch them. Or is this where they find out? Does he, do they, do they meet him for the first time? I, I think they, they, well, they know it's, a, well, he knows it's a trap. He doesn't know exactly what it is. They don't exactly know right. who he is. And I think and at this point yeah, they so find he, out. Yeah, the operative is with Anara, and, mm. and that's where Mel meets and him. And there's the guy that's chasing them down. And one and another time, and you know, Mal is disguised. At, you know, he's disguised in the TV series as a woman. Sure, it's always funny. And he's talking about his floral bonnet. Yes. And he, and he will end you. Yeah. What is the quote again? It's like. By the power uh, of my pretty flower bo- flower like bonnet, I will end you, yes, or something, something like, that. like that. So then they are able to very they are just able to escape because it's established that operative is very skilled, 
in martial arts and stuff, and he knocks him down, and he they only are able to escape because an Arthur is like a flash bomb, basically, and they able to escape and they get on their ship. And there is also they there's a character called Mister Universe who is basically plugged into security cameras and he talks to them and they go through security camera footage just before River went mental and they find, she says the word Miranda, and they find it's a planet that they go to That's, called Miranda. Yeah, they can, it's hard to find in the charts because it's sort of been erased from, from yeah. places. It's and, a, it's, and they work out it's one of the secrets. Mm-hmm. That they've been trying to keep a secret. Yeah. And actually, sorry, we skipped past a bit at the beginning where the crew is doing a job. And so it's Mal, Zoe, and Jane, and he, t- and he takes River with him as well because she's very, you know, important and is very useful. Mm. And then the town is attacked by Reavers. And again, once, you know, as soon as they know there's Reavers there, they uh, immediately yeah, want to leave, and they tell, and he tells all these people to stay in this like, basement because you won't be until you know you run out of air or something until you have to leave. Yeah, and so there's a chase sequence where they will chase by Reavers, and they're just able to barely escape, and then that's why Simon needs to leave because River in danger. Yeah, from these Reavers. And so after they find this, this planet, they find that it is surrounded by Reavers. Yeah. And they go to where they meet, they meet Shepard, who has left them, then they leave, and then they go back, and they find the town that Shepard is living in is massacred. Yeah. And, uh, well, spoilers, that uh, Shepard is dead. Yeah. The operative has just, essentially just attacking everyone that Mel loves to, you know, make him bring River back. Mm-hmm. Which was spoiled for me because of my other, my younger sister, uh-huh. who said it as who when Shepherd first appears, he dies. She said it as a joke, <laughs> and uh, you were like spoilers, and I'm like, and I was very annoyed at both of you because I was just like, yeah. if you hadn't said anything, I wouldn't have thought anything. Sure, of it. sorry, my bad. <laughs> but it's also her fault because she said. I it. don't know. Yeah, it was a good guess on her part, or you know, obviously she was just being funny. And but anyway, so, and and so at this point, sort of. Mal is sort of he's he's very upset because he probably respects Book yeah at least somewhat because he's you know a man who has faith and hasn't lost faith and is very you yeah. know he respects him he's angry also that the operative is just killing all these people to try to get to him and River mm. it's like you know that's obviously not a nice thing to do so he is uh, very determined to get through the Reavers and get to the planet yeah so they just the take the ship and just paint it up and they make it look like a reaver ship so they will pass through and they like strap a bunch of bodies to it which the crew objects to because they're like come on we don't need to do this and they do it anyway though yeah yeah they yeah it has to be done to get to miranda and, mm. and find the secret of miranda yeah and so yeah so well, the whole crew besides shepherd who was dead mm. So they all hop on to, they get to the planet, and it's, you know, completely desolated. There's a bunch of dead people everywhere, and this sort of tension and sort of suspense of, like, well, why, how are they all dead? Because 
they sort of realize and sort of explain that like they, there's no struggle they weren't there wasn't anything like this none of this happened you know they weren't killed there's no violence there's no sense of wounds or like whatever. there's just pe- like there's like someone in the ship like the ship hasn't even moved there's no like crack or anything like it's there's no nothing to show that he died there is just like a body that is just decomposed like skin yeah. and i think this is really like quite scary actually and really like, tense because it's like you don't know what's going on. You just know this is a town of dead people. Mm-hmm. What happened? And is it this at this point that they fight in that, there's, that Reavers did this or no? So then it? they go to they find the main science uh, lab lab room. I guess yeah and yeah. they they find a holographic recording from uh, a scientist who tells them what's going on or what went on. Mm-hmm. And so, played by Sarah Paulson. Yeah, who's great. Love her. It was in the opening credits, and like, because her name was in there, because I assume she was a big or a somewhat of a star at this yeah, point. Sure. And so I was like, hmm. So she's in this, and then she hadn't appeared in like the previous hour or whatever. Yeah. And then she's just a hologram for like a few minutes. And I'm like, okay. So then they go through all of this, and then they. And then they find, and it's found out that this is where the Reavers come from. Yeah. And they were trying to sort of make these people less aggressive and violent. Yeah. And so most of them just, like, just died. They yeah. just stopped doing things. Spoilers, and spoilers. But yeah. yeah, and they... Well, because we, we know they died, but they just stopped, like, eating. They stopped breathing. Yeah. They stopped doing all the, like, the basic human functions, which is why there's no struggle. Mm, they just laid down and went to sleep and just didn't do anything till they died. Yeah. And then, you know, the Reavers are the opposite reaction to that. They got worse. Yeah, and became... a very small percentage of people went the other way and were just, yeah, hyper-aggressive, and, and they became the Reavers. So, mm. it, yeah, we discovered that the Alliance, trying to test out this drug on the people of this planet, created the, the Re- first Reavers. Yeah. And so then they talked to Mr. Universe to sort of, like, drop this thing off, and then we find out that the Alliance has found him, and he is, spoilers, killed. And then they destroy his place, mm-hmm. so there's nothing to do. Yeah, they can't transmit. Yeah, and then they leave, well, they try to leave, and then are followed by a Reaver ship, which they then destroy, and then they chase like, all the Reaver ships, basically. Yeah. And they lead them to the Alliance, and then there's just a space battle with the Alliance ships and the Reaver ships. Yeah. With the Serenity, you know, trying to avoid all that. Yeah, so they, essentially they want to get to Mr. Universe to upload this tape so they can broadcast it to the world. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they how are we going to get past all the Alliance ships who are coming for us? And Mel decides, well, let's take all the Reaver ships with us and let them battle it out while we try and escape. Yeah, and so then the ship is, is damaged and then it lands... And then the ship crashes, and then <laughs> what is killed? Yeah, spoilers. Um, that is yeah. really sad. unexpected. Uh, he's just flown them through all this thing, all this damage. You know, he said, a little bit of damage, but you know, kept them alive. Yeah, he's like a leaf on the wind. wind. Yeah, and uh, and then is killed um, in front of Mal and Zoe. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh, things get bad from there. It's mm-hmm. he's killed by a reaver ship, I guess we should say. Yeah. Because uh, the Reavers have followed them down there and are chasing them mm. and are going to try and This kill was them. also, uh, unfortunately, spoiled for me as well. Okay. But, like, years ago. Sure. 
but like it's a thing I remember for some reason. It yeah. sucks, but I think still, even if I like sometimes if I know there's a death, I think there's still like the suspense of like when is it gonna happen? Yeah, sure. Like even if I know it's gonna happen, I'm like, well, when's it gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. And like, so I guess I was gonna talk about this earlier, but you told me not to, so we could save it for this. The third act. I would say the third act starts from sort of basically when they leave Miranda, or sort of like as the space battle is sure. taking place. I don't remember telling you not to say this, but sure. No, you were but... telling. I was going to say that I think this third act is like one of the best third acts of a film. Yeah, no. I think it's because it's a true like culmination of this story. Like, and because like you've lost two members, like because you've lost Shepard and you've lost Wash by this point. Yeah. So you're just like anybody else can die at this point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, they are, and because it's a movie, it's not like the TV show where we're expecting to see him every week. Uh, even though you know Joss is a fan of killing people on his shows, mm-hmm. in a movie, you know anything's up. Yeah, because yeah. we don't expect another movie to be coming on this. They can kill off as many people as they want. Yeah. So yeah, the third act, I think, yeah, very much. They they talk to Mister Universe and say we've got to come back and get. And broadcast this to the world. That is what the third act is about. Yeah. I think. And so that's where it starts. And so yeah. huge So they battle. crash at and they land at his place. And so then they all Gotta get, get all their weapons. And they get everything. And they make, you know, a barricade. And they lock the door and everything. Yeah. And they're all going to hold their ground and send Mal on his way. So Mal goes on this. with the thing to get to Mr. Universe Me and mm. broadcast this. He doesn't know he's dead at this point, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and they are just trying to buy him time. By yeah. Keeping the Reavers and yeah. the Alliance, I guess. And this, yeah, and you know, and so they've all just got like all their guns, they've got all these things, and uh, and so then this is where Simon sort of admits that like he like he really likes Kaylee, sure. and then you know that you're about to die. That's when it's time to profess your love. Yeah, because she's all worried about dying, and she's like, "This is you know, I don't. This is how I I don't want to die like this." And so he just admits that he likes her, mm. which is a nice moment. Yeah. Yeah, his one regret of his time on the ship, mm-hmm. um, and so that obviously spies her on to well, let's let's try and survive this. And then so they, you know, they're fighting these reavers, and Zoe gets a little. She gets she a little has just careless. lost her husband, so she's you know what is there to live for, sort of a thing. She's mm. going to sacrifice herself or whatever, and it certainly seems reasonable at that point that she might die. Yeah, um, and there's. Um, yeah, I don't know how, from this point on, we're sort of intercutting between them fighting the Reavers and Mel with the operative. The operative slips past somehow, comes up another way mm. to track Mel down and kill him before he can well, walk The operative takes, like, he takes an escape pod out, and I guess he somehow mm. finds him. And, and so... Mel gets up, discovers that Mr. Universe is dead. But his Mr. Universe wife... Has- yeah, has has got a robot there that says, "Hey, Mal, it's me. They killed me. Guy with the sword. Very strange." Uh, and he tells him about uh, an antenna and emergency broadcast up on the roof that Mel can still get the signal out. And then the operative he gets into it as well, and he finds it. So then there's you know two confrontations: there's Mal and the operative, and then there's the rest of the Serenity crew against the Reavers. It cuts back and forth, and like it's very tense. It is incredibly because. Tense. You, because any of the characters can realistically die at this point. Yeah, yeah. And I was like thinking, like at least one more character is gonna die. I don't know who is gonna be. Yeah. But I was like, someone will die. Which is again, yeah. What the whole point of killing off a character is 
it makes every other character and so you know, in actual real jeopardy. And so they sort of stuff is happening, they're all getting like shot and they're all getting hurt and everything as so they get moved back into the hallway and Kaylee's shot with like reaver darts or something, mm-hmm. which and they need some some medicine, which has been left in the other room. Uh, and essentially, River, this is her time to shine. Well, Wait. before that, shine. so Simon's like, he's going to get his back. He stands up and then gets shot immediately. Mm-hmm. The door didn't close properly all the way because yeah. they did. There's a button that didn't close it, and I was like, he's gonna die. Like, I was like, he's of all the characters, like, he's probably gonna be the one to die. Sure, it only seems. The weakest, I guess. The mm-hmm. most fragile. Let's go yeah. with that. Uh, maybe. Well, because like he's just, you know, he, you know, professes his one regret, and I think it would, you know, it makes sense sure. for character to have him not fulfill that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Part. So he gets shot, and then River talks about how he was the one always looking after her, and now it's her turn. So she jumps out. She throws the bag in, closes the door. And just kills all of the and Reavers. Just goes kung fu on all of them. It's just. Amazing. And I think it's a really because it's a it's like a really long just like one take of her just like fighting all these Reavers and they're all like running at her and she's just taking them all down. And because it, I saw a thing which was talking about the scene, how it feels legitimate. How like they don't wait, they don't go at her one at a time. They're all just like running at her and yeah, she's just yeah. taking them all down. Because the Reavers are just berserkers. They don't stop and think or anything. They're just running in. Uh, constantly, mm. and and they they don't have guns as such. They all have swords and sharp weapons, which seem much more dangerous as you as they're running at. at um, yeah. It seems like a much more a real threat to yeah. a river. And so she's just you know fighting them all, and and it's in the cut with Mal and the operative who at the very beginning of the film is a bit where he like. So, that he does he like yeah. like he, with his like hand he like stabs someone in like the yeah rib. just paralyzes um, them and then holds like a sword out and they fall on it but that doesn't work with Mal because that part was injured in the war and yeah. so it got moved around and so then he he did not get paralyzed so then he like breaks his arms and he like punches him in the throat and yeah. he, and he, he gets to puts the operative away but he doesn't kill him because no. he doesn't. He wants him to watch, I guess, as Mel puts the message in there and broadcasts uh, the message from the scientist about how they created the Reavers to yeah. the universe. I and guess. then he, you know, makes the bridge and he goes across and he finds the crew all just beaten and bruised and dying and yeah. all that. And then, you know, the and then the door like opens and then there's just River with like an axe and a sword and all the Reavers are dead. Yeah. Which is a great shot. It's amazing. And But it's the Alliance and what are they gonna do? And then they, they come them. in, the wall blows up, and then you know, they're all getting ready to fire, and then the operator's cells tell them not to. Because the damage is done. The message has gone out. Yeah. There's nothing to be gained by killing them now. And a part I noticed was Mal one of his eyes is really like because yeah. he's been he it's was red. beaten. It's, it's like full of blood and it's just like around the blue and it really like is very striking yeah yeah he's in a they've all they're all in quite a bad way yeah and so the operative lets them leave and they all leave you know and they there's a funeral a memorial for mr universe shepherd and wash 
which is nice. And mm, then yeah. they all just continue on, and Inara comes back with them, and Mal and River are piloting the ship. And, yeah, they rebuild the ship. Yeah. And they, they repaint it. And Simon and Kayla get together, you know, finally. That's what, you know, you want to see. Happy ending. And then they fly off. And that's the end of the movie and the end of Firefly on screen. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They tie up all the threads they had uh, started in the TV show. And, Mm. uh, yeah, another another movie would have been nice with different stories or whatever, but we did not get that. But there are the comics, which... Yes, uh, plenty just, going just on in good. the comics. So, do you want to put a rating on the movie? Sure. And then we... It's 10 out of 10. Oh, we agree as, again. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah. It is it's uh, a pretty lots of great, great setups and payoffs. Yeah. Um, and drawing on stuff from the show. Yeah, and it's which, a... you know, if you haven't seen it, I guess you're not going to enjoy that as much. Yeah. But, yeah. It's a, it pretty much is perfect a wrap-up they could have done yeah considering the circumstances with a with a show that didn't end you know was cancelled before they even really got a chance to do it yeah and i think everything just wraps up perfectly all the characters are together you know what was all the everything's that in place and mm-hmm. that's the end of firefly universe as will be seen on seen on screen you know yeah. and i don't think they should do any they should do i mean if they were to do another series, I'd prefer if they do new characters, but even then, I don't think they should. I think this is something they should not touch. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they will, because I don't think it has the audience to justify it. Mm. Uh, and the uh, audience they do have would be against it. Yeah, yeah, probably. People in the Star Trek universe, people that love their Star Trek, hate <laughs> the new Star Trek shows when they come out. So, yeah, I can't imagine. They love a new Firefly. Yeah, that's right. So... That was this week's episode. It was very long, because, you know... 14 episodes in a movie to talk about. Yeah. So, thank you for coming on with this one. Thank you for inviting me. It was very, it was a lot of fun. I'm sure you'd like to come on again to talk about something else that we love. We've got a few movies, I think, we've got on our list that we'll talk about when we've seen them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram. I've got the website is up and launched now. So I talked about this in the my in a previous episode that I did. So that's really all. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>